everybody, and welcome back to your favorite G.I. Joe podcast show. And and this, you know, we're doing seasonal stuff right now. This is Knowing Us Half the Podcast Thanksgiving time. You just enjoyed BC's The First Thanksgiving, probably listening to our episode more than we did actually watching it. And this week we have another exciting one. The Berenstain Bears meets Big Paw. Nope. Their Thanksgiving spectacular. I Bear refuse. I will, be, I will be referring to it as Berenstain Bears. I don't care what universe we're in. That's how I was raised. See, Gina was raised in the anti-Semitic universe (laughs) where Baron Steen is a caricature of Jewish people. Okay, first of all, the Baron Steen bears are delightful. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't find them delightful. Did you just watch the same cartoon that we watched? Yeah, they are not delightful. Okay, they're they're supposed to be delightful. I had a a bunch of books that you would put a a tape in and it would read along. You put a tape into the book? No, you put a tape in the tape recorder or the tape machine, whatever it's called. The tape and, machine. And it reads it and it plays a chime when you turn the page and it's supposed to you be like, like a modern 18-year-old trying to explain the thing <laughs> that their grandparents were talking about. In my day, we had a tape thing and we put it in the you put it in the book and then it made a ding noise. That kind of sounds like a Bill Cosby impression you got going on there, Chad. Wow. I mean, Jan, why do I feel woozy? All of my bits are cosmic bits. <laughs> to be fair, though, I mean, I remember those where, you know, it would be just like, and the bear ran up the tree. Boop. Yeah. And except then, your and, books yeah. sound a lot dumber than my books were. Bears running up trees is real shit, Gina. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, my name is Ray Stacanis. I'm Robert Clark Chan. I'm Gina Ippolito. If we don't say our names, this episode is somebody's first episode. Every episode is somebody's first episode. Chan, you never believe me when I say this, but it is a true point. Here's the thing. I listen to other people's podcasts and I'm like, what are your names? Why aren't you introducing yourselves? I hate this. <laughs> and they, and yet we get on your own show. Yep. And you're just like, anyway, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I'm trying to keep people out of this show. But we, it's been well established, though, that people can't tell you guys apart, which is one of my pet peeves. I remember I, anytime I listen to Kevin and Bean, I can't tell who's Kevin and who's Bean. That's fair. I'm Gina Ippolito. God okay, dang it. That makes sense. And then you're supposed to say, I'm Mike Wallace. I'm Marley Safer. <laughs> and this is 2020, 60 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Hey, Grandpa, tell us about that show that you used to watch. 20 minutes? <laughs> well, oh, you let see- me tell you about the Quibi era. <laughs> the Quibi era of television. It lasted about as long as a Quibi. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Uh, anyway, we're talking. Look, guys, let's. we got to first off with the cat out of the bag here. We got to talk about the Berenstain ugh, Bears. Uh, look, I remember it very vividly as the Berenstain Bears. Or, uh, uh, Stein? Stein is how apparently Gina pronounced it. That's not how I did. Stein. Berenstein. I don't think is anyone claiming it's Berenstein bears. I I have been. I have been forever. (laughs) I remember it vividly as that because I had those books as a kid and I loved them. No, that was your your mom when she was reading you the book at night. That was her mispronunciation of of Steen. I had to keep correcting Ray and tell him that it's Berenstein's monster, not (laughs) Berenstein bears. God dang it. And they, you know, they had a big thing at the Cedar Point Amusement Park in Sandusky, Ohio, one of the greatest places in the world. We used to go there for vacations over the summer and ride roller coasters. And they had an entire Berenstein Bears. And I swear everyone that worked there called it that too. Jesus. Uh, play center for kids. And I loved it. It was great. 
And so as I get much older in life and I find out, oh, no, Ray, it's Baron Stain Bears, I go, go F your nose because there's no way that's true. And then I go back and I look at all my old books and that's how all the old books are written. Who no. changed history? Here's the thing. This is like a Baby Yoda versus the child thing. I will never admit. I will never admit it's the child. I will never call it the child. It is Baby Yoda. I don't care how they market it. Baby Yoda. Yeah, everybody knows that. And I don't care how many people say it's not right. It is Berenstein Bears. That's how I remember my mom reading it to me. So uh, speaking of Baby Yoda, Gina, do you have any hot takes on uh, episode two of the most recent season of The Mandalorian? You know. I think you want to put on the record. You know, I, I am going on record as saying I don't like Baby Yoda being a dick and eating things that don't belong to him that he's been told not to eat that would also wipe out an entire ancestral line is a dick move. And I know exactly what happened, which was John Favreau and a bunch of his writer buddies sitting around a room and shooting the shit. And they're just making themselves laugh. And one of them said, it'd be funny if he eats it. And then they're all laughing. And one of them says, Oh my God, if he keeps eating it oh, and then there's this sweet ending and then he eats it again. And they were just making themselves laugh at double down on putting it in. And I do not like it. Yeah. As someone with a toddler, I get it. I don't want baby yo. I don't. Here's the thing. I'm not watching. I don't watch family shows where there are toddlers in it. That's like saying, oh, okay, well, you know, this vampire love triangle because my buddy was a real boring douche. These vampires in this vampire love triangle have to be boring douches. I'm not watching a show about shitty toddlers. I'm watching a show about baby Yoda levitating monsters. I don't want him to act like a toddler. I want him to act like a baby Yoda. But that was like the highlight of season one. That's what all the memes were, is him drinking out of a cup and like, you know, eating things and First how adorable all, it was. It was a regular cup, not a sippy cup. And he was in control of his motor functions. Second of all, he's 50 years old. <laughs> like, I don't want him to act like I don't want to see baby Yoda shitting himself because he couldn't get his pull ups down in time to make it to the potty. That's not the show I signed up for. I'm not going to lie. I only brought it up here, Gina Rant. That's the only reason. <laughs> I just wanted to see Gina go for like two straight minutes of anger. <laughs> anyway, we're talking about the Berenstein bears, no. and I don't know how you possibly find them delightful. Okay, do you remember the movie My Cousin Vinny, where it's just a super white, gross, racist town, and this Italian guy and this Jewish guy are on trial, and the lady in the courtroom pronounces his last name as Stein. And it's supposed to be so ridiculous and everyone is supposed to get it because these these ignorant hillbilly white folks think that Jewish last names are that are spelled S-T-E-I-N are pronounced Stein instead of Steen. That's you right now, Ray. You're the ignorant white lady and my cousin Vinny. I believe ignorant white lady and my cousin Vinny is my brand. So I think... <laughs> This all holds up. Look, I'm not going to fight decades of childhood and knowledge and calling it one way, Gina. Me on the Who Would Win show pronounced it Thanos instead of Thanos no. for the entire episode because I couldn't Yikes. I couldn't fucking get it right because no. in my head, it's wrong in my head and it's going to be said like that because I cannot control myself. Your peak whiteness, Ray. 
I, you knew this about me. This isn't new information. Well, we have every listener is represented here. Chan is Team Stain. Team Stain. Team Stain. No, that yes. Yeah. Uh, mud Shovel. Was it? Was it? Been a while. That's the Stain song that people remember. <laughs> oh God. Oh no. Now that's gonna get stuck in my head. It's been a while. No. <laughs> you know the people have spoken and they want more eating and Gina and Chan singing. I can't help but notice they specifically said they want more Gina and Chan singing. Yes, Nobody said I want more Ray singing. And that no. is that nope. is hurtful. That is I hurtful, mean, audience. First of all, we've just established that you won't you don't know how to pronounce any words. So Yeah, he's, you're just gonna go around ruining people's favorite songs. That's also my brand. It's been a wheel since I <laughs> pierced it up Chakree. <laughs> I don't even know that song. That's how excited I am about all this. <laughs> Tonight we're gonna party like it's 1899. <laughs> what? That's the song, right? We're talking about the turn of the 20th century. Tweet at us if you want us to release a holiday album called Ray Runes the Hits. <laughs> I'll be honest, I'm on board. I got some free time coming up. So. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about this episode of The Bears, we'll just say. <laughs> the Bears? Like the 1985 Chicago Bears? I forgot <laughs> that the Bee Bears lived in a tree. Jesus Christ, what is this, like, 1994 Beastie Boys now? <laughs> Now where my bee bears at? What? Well, every time I say Berenstein, we're going to have a 20-minute conversation about how I'm saying it wrong. So we got to come up with a compromise here, people. You know what? Keep working on it because none of the ones you've offered so far are working for me. Come on, the bee bears. That's what everybody's calling them. Mm-mm. What if we came out to the alternate reality and suddenly we look back at all the books and they're just called the bee bears? Oh, my God. Are you assuming that you made that change, that you're important enough in the multiverse that you stating it on the podcast manifested it into reality? I'll tell you, one of our listeners is that powerful. (laughs) And they made it happen in my stead. And I will stand by this. Okay, so first off, we've got Harvest Honeycomb, and we learned the legend of Big Paw, which, okay, let's break down this opening because the Bee Bears... (laughs) are are shitty people they are shitty shitty people no the the dad especially is a grinning asshole yes okay here's the thing when it starts out there's a voiceover which i think all of them had because it's basically like reading a book that gets you into it and the bit was they're the very 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 little kids version of the simpsons where the dad is sort of a greedy stupid oaf and the mom is more reasonable, but a, a little bit of a warrior. I did not care for the Berenstain Bears when Paul would beat the shit out of Brother Bear, <laughs> though. So that was kind of weird. Also, um, the Mr. B. Burns character was really strange. It didn't seem necessary in the world of the Berenstain Bears. Running a nuclear power plant in the middle of a forest? I don't. But other than that, yes, the analogy of the Simpsons just tracks 100%. <laughs> No, it's the same family tropes that have been used in cartoons for years. Dad is the stupid, oafish breadwinner who likes to eat. Right. Mom is the logical one who is a little bit of a buzzkill. And then I don't recall the Berenstein Bears kids having that much of a personality, probably because this was when parents didn't know anything about their kids and were just like, yeah, shut it, be quiet. Yeah, there's a boy, there's a girl. Yeah. 
That's all you need. That's Just go, go in the corner and whittle your wood and leave us alone. But yeah, the thing that I found weird right off the bat was that Ma is reading the harvest honeycomb, which is sort of like reading tea leaves. Yeah, it was real. Uh, and she real she, mysticism. Yeah, and she does a little witchcrafty rhyme. And I was like, this? Because because the Berenstein Bears had a lot of Catholic undertones or religious undertones. So. Well, no, here's the thing. Because you're a few years younger, it didn't used to be that way i think around the mid 80s possibly early 80s i think one of the kids may have taken over from stan and jan or stan and jan may have just gotten really christian and started injecting christianity into it but before that it was very hippy dippy so this feels very much like oh we just just did bc which almost the exact story is true for that in the 80s it suddenly got super churchy is that just a thing that happened yeah uh yeah i can't ronald reagan imagine why ronald reagan that would be a (laughs) ronald reagan thing Uh, interesting can't imagine that motherfucker it was also the rise of all the mom groups that were like rock and roll music is ruining this country and sex and drugs and rock and roll and so that sort of also explains it but I didn't remember that. And this was 1980. But even before the religiosity, let's say, there was always yeah. an Aesop type fable, which is like, you know, this one is basically like, don't judge. I mean, there's a couple crammed into this one. There's one that's like, yeah, don't be greedy and don't hoard when there are people who have less than you do. And then another one is like, don't judge people before you know them, basically. So this is where I think my biggest problem with this special is, is because you're essentially told the story in The Legend of Big Paw, which is if the bear country people get too greedy and they don't share their bounty with others, Ah, then Big Paw is going to come and murder them all. Yes. That's the story. Yeah. So we walk through the opening scene and Papa Bear has like got roped off, fenced off pumpkin patches. As is his right, as he should. As a liberal. Libertarian, I agree. He needs fences. That's not Papa Bear, is it? Isn't that someone else who is no, like... No, no. That's what I thought at first, too. But it is Papa Bears. It's weird because there's one part where one of the kids picks up something off the ground... But what I think it is, is I think it's a row of farms that are owned by different bears. That's what I think as well, yes. And then the first one that they come to isn't theirs. So when Brother Bear picks up, I forget what it is, a piece of fruit that's fallen on the ground and someone's like, that's mine. That's a different person's farm. But then eventually we get to Pa's farm, which does have a bunch of stuff and he's going for it. Which like, I, I, don't, I don't enjoy this message that fences and shit Like, if everyone in bear country has their own little plot of farmland, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with the fact that they're not allowed to just go in and ransack each other's farms whenever they want to. This is a weird communist message. Wow. So, Gina, what I hear you saying is you're really in favor of this Florida law that the governor's passing that allows you to shoot looters and murder them on site, even if it's not your property. This is what I hear you saying, Gina. You were hugely in favor of murdering looters. Oh, I've shot five people who accidentally wandered into my lawn since I moved here. Thank you. You get it. See, when you buy a home, you you turn full Joe Rogan. How's that dog shit on your yard working out for you, Ray? Do you wish you had a fence up? Listen, then they just shit on the fence. What are we talking about? <laughs> That's harder to clean. No, the, the thing that bothers me is, it's just, you know, they have this whole message of you have to share, you have to be good. And then Paw Bear gets to his pumpkin patch. Isn't there like a grasshopper or something that's trying to take like a tiny, tiny pumpkin? And he's just yeah. like, he takes it away from him and he's like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah that, just, yeah. that made me mad. Like, let him have it. You have a million pumpkins. You don't need that one. 
at the very beginning, he comes to the door and there are three padlocks and multiple chains. He has to unlock each of them. I'm looking at it right now and it's, it's, it's weird. It's like creepy. Yeah. And at this point, we're talking about an anti-capitalist message, which is very in keeping with the Berenstain Bears, with the time, you know, all of that. And that's just basic bad storytelling, because that is the story we're telling for the yes. first 10 minutes or so. Yes. And, and then, then it, it just they just chuck it. And then it they drop it. That's what makes me so mad is the fact they set up this whole legend of Big Paw. And I'm like, oh, okay. They're going to learn to share with others as a lesson. for yeah. And then, no, yeah. that's not what, that is, guys, bear with me for this episode. That is not what happens. No one shares with anyone the entire episode. It feels like two halves of two different episodes with two different morals. I didn't hate it as much as you guys did because I guess yeah, and they don't really, spoiler alert, beyond like the first half of the episode, they never touch upon this like don't be greedy message ever again. It then just becomes a stranger danger type episode. Right. But yeah, I, I didn't hate it as much because I, I really enjoyed Big Paw and I didn't want him to be a murderer. <laughs> fair, fair. It is a little weird because they sort of set him up as like, an analog for Bigfoot. Like he's just like this mysterious creature out in the wild. And then it's like, and by the way, he's raining down hellfire and damnation and the almighty wrath of the Lord upon you. I'm like, well, okay, okay. We're doing both of these things I get. And then, yeah, they have to drop one of them without ever mentioning that like, oh, by the way, he's also here to be a plague upon your houses. But I guess you could say the message is just like, don't buy into stupid ass superstitious yeah yeah like sayings like that but it is weird that they make such a big show of like look all the bears have all their pumpkin fields cordoned off and they're all gonna spend thanksgiving with their own food that they grew those evil capitalist bears then then it sort of becomes like what if you misjudged a stranger and thought he was gonna murder your whole family and that that's the part that upset me the most is because at the end of this episode, they still have quarantined off pumpkin patches and they are not yeah, sharing with each other. It is, it is very strange lesson. because it's set up like that. And so you assume that basically my writer brain, I just assumed, okay, this is going to be sort of a who's down in Whoville episode where mm-hmm. Big Paw comes down and everyone's getting their own Thanksgivings ready and not willing to share with the needy. And then the kids pull like a Cindy Lou Who and sort of tell everyone to share. And Big Paw sees that the village isn't worth destroying and everyone shares with the needy and they invite Big Paw to eat Thanksgiving dinner with them. And he makes a joke in the end about how like, hopefully I won't be back next Thanksgiving unless it's as a friend, you know, like that, that kind of thing. Wait a minute. Not what happened. So this one subverted expectations. Does that mean that the Berenstain bears meets big paw is the last Jedi of its time? What? It leads you in one direction and then it takes you in a completely different direction. And then they end up on a casino planet and yeah. we're, yeah, okay. Do you, you follow I, I, Ch- I chance, chance with me on this. I, you know, here's the thing. I think I, I didn't hate it as much as you two because I found these little nuggets that were sort of delightful. Like the artwork, the hand-drawn artwork for Bear Country is super pretty. It's really, it's really just drawn in a lovely style that now that everything's digital, you can't really appreciate anymore. Sure. And there were little moments like that where they, where, where. You oh, you were just, 
so taken by the bear and grill pun that you just <laughs> forgave all of the rest of the I shit? did. I did. I like every two minutes or so I found something to enjoy, which is my motto in life is that, you know, if you if every two minutes you're enjoying something, it's a pretty good life. You you sour pusses. Are you saying that if your life is good and you are privileged and entitled, then you can just ignore all of the other ills in the world? I like I like where you're going. Yeah, I want my pumpkins in my pumpkin patch, and I'm <laughs> and I want to live in my hand drawn mansion. It all holds up. While watching this, I was like, this is what rural Pennsylvania Trump country is like. This is now I've seen it. It's horrific. I do Don't not want to compare the Berenstein Bears to Trump country. That's <clears throat> I will say right now, I've known a lot of grinning idiots. No uh, uh, in right wing idiots in my day. And Paw Bear at least three different times reminded me of a different chuckle fuck I knew in Ohio who clearly voted Trump and doesn't care about his neighbor. They encourage their kids to go to school. It's not it's not the same thing. They want them to learn. They don't want them to stay shoeless idiots uh, uh, for the rest of their lives. So it's not the same thing. It's exactly the same thing. And and I don't think and and even Ma Bear doesn't go Karen on Big Paw. She's the she's the one that's sort of like a, a wait a minute maybe we should we not call the cops on on Big Paw should we not call the cops because he's having a loud barbecue outside Yeah that's cuz she didn't want to pay for the phone call look I mean she's she's wearing a bonnet and an Amish dress the whole time like the you know that's these are backwards night, people That's her nightgown Why does she wear it 24/7 Oh wait I'm in quarantine I understand that Yeah exactly yeah, yeah, she's yeah, comfortable she's a she's a housewife she's allowed to be comfortable well, let's go ahead and move forward because the first time we're introduced to hold Big on, Paw, yes, hold Jim. on. There is a section here that creeps me out. It starts out in a way that is, again, like weirdly privileged. They're like, Thanksgiving is about giving thanks for their standard of living Great. and what a standard it is. They start talking about all of the bounty, which is why it's so weird that they would, you know, like uh, have their little apple orchards fenced off and their pumpkin patches because like the land gives to them like nothing, like the grapes spit out their own seeds, the uh, tomatoes pull their own weeds. Then it gets weird. Fishing worms willingly hop onto hooks for trout who can't wait to get out of their brooks. Then it gets creepy because animals oh, yeah. committing suicide. The worms are sacrificing themselves. Yeah, and the, and the fish are just waiting to throw themselves into your mouth. The creepiness just descends into multiple levels. And at that point, I was like, "Oh God, what is what is even happening here?" Mostly upsetting. Yeah, the fish are like, "Please murder me." <laughs> yeah, I don't like the suicidal animals. I'm going to say something right now, though, that's going to make you guys all feel very bad. Oh, boy. Okay, so here's the thing. Pa wakes up, immediately trips on a stair, and then is like, all right, let's go for a walk to basically stuff our faces and find food to stuff our faces. And then, he, you know, throughout the whole episode, he's pretty clumsy. He loves holidays. He loves fall. He loves animals. And he's constantly trying to get more food. I am the Pa Bear of this podcast. Wow. No wonder you were defending him so vociferously a moment ago. He can't be all that bad. He he loves all holidays. He has a whole speech about how much he loves all holidays and he loves like mixed nuts and he like can't wait to eat. And I was like, this dude is me. He's great. So I don't know. And he takes pumpkins 
tiny, tiny pumpkins from crickets. I don't think that yeah. was him. That was the other bear. No, it was not. That was straight up him, Gina. Don't you even try. <laughs> yeah. He has the pumpkin patch. Uh, whatever. I, he can't be if he's he's a clumsy, he's a clumsy holiday loving, fall loving. He says fall is his favorite of all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a he, he omitted the part when his dog got sick, so he shot it. That's that's no, who that he, man he is, likes, Gina. He likes animals. He likes animals. Can we talk about the part where he's following the big paw with the Skittles and the Arizona iced tea? <laughs> Chases him down, shoots him, tries to shoot him and talk to the police and say like, oh, you know, like self-defense. You know, I actually went on eBay. There's actually an auction for the gun that killed Big Paw. So, no, I don't like this. (laughs) (laughs) So one of my favorite things of this episode is when we first get introduced to Big Paw as a character, he appears on screen. He appears in the form of Jason Voorhees, Friday the 13th (laughs) Vision, where he's just you can just hear in the background. Yeah, he's just scanning the forest in first person mode. And I'm just like, this shit's crazy. Okay, here's the thing. I think what you guys are forgetting is like, like, yes, last week I was on board with BC is a bunch of bullcrap. It's terrible. It's terribly written. The Berenstein Bears are for really little kids. Like really oh, yeah. little no. kids. So this Yeah, is- I love Berenstein Bears as a kid. Oh yeah. Oh, so- I did as well, sure. So like I this is this is, you know, there's an episode about a holiday, there's something scary that turns out not to be scary, and in the end there's a message. I think this is a successful show for four and five year olds. I just think that for that situation, you want to have one point. And the fact that they really muddled it in the beginning, like it's about sharing. No, it's about not judging a book by its cover and then just sort of abandoning one and then switching to the other. Just just do one. Yeah, That's all I, you gotta I do. agree. The through line is very not helpful. Although, to be fair, either message is a good message. Don't be greedy is a good message for sure. little kids. And don't judge scary things before you really know what they are is also a, a good message. Yeah, but that's the thing, though, is that nobody learns that first lesson. Correct. That's that's the problem. We go away and Papa Bear is still a piece of shit. Yeah, I agree. It's very weird because, yeah, I mean. Wh- I'm sorry. Did I say Papa Bear? I meant Gina Polito is a piece of shit. <laughs> Look, uh, I'm living my best life as grapes <laughs> spit out their seeds and fish around me commit suicide. <laughs> I do have Papa Bear sucks several times through this in my notes. I just wanted to be the Papa Bear devil's advocate. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. We're going to need one. I guess what I wanted is after he kicks the cricket with the pumpkin out of his pumpkin patch and tells him you can starve, that's capitalism, get bent. I wanted a scene at the very end where they're sitting around a big table yeah. And then the little crickets there yes. with the pumpkin. See, that's mm-hmm. what I wanted. And they robbed me of that moment. So now all I can think about is they're all cheering and dancing in the streets. Is that poor goddamn cricket <laughs> dying in an alley somewhere because he didn't eat, Gina? Yeah. Because you wouldn't feed him, Gina. Uh, the only thing I can think is that the writers like sent in an outline to the network and the network was like, oh, this is great. They learn about greed. And then when they started to animate it, someone said, oh, wait a minute. Is this the same lesson that they learn in a Christmas carol to not be greedy and to feed tiny tim and someone was like yeah and then an executive was like any chance you could change the message to like don't be afraid of strangers and they were like you know, that famed thanksgiving lesson we only have two weeks to make this episode so i guess we're changing it i think you know in the past if only the native americans had been more afraid of strangers <laughs> yeah yeah just saying yeah 
but we see we see Big Paw, and I and I appreciate that they make it just spooky enough for a four year old. Yeah, I mean, look, but then you immediately like he pulls out what a mandolin and starts singing his own song, and you're like, oh, he's just an idiot. That's yeah, fine. he's gonna teach them to be the fucking hippies. So of course he's a guy at a party with a mandolin. I want to point out the uh, <laughs> uh, uh, for the second episode in a row, first BC and now uh, this one. Uh, we have a scene revolving around a turtle hanging out with a bird. And I don't know why that's <laughs> a trope of this friends. timeline. So there's a whole section here, like with a turtle and a bird, like doing bits. And I was just like, this is exactly like BC that came out six years earlier. Like, I guess this is a trope of the uh, early 80s, mid 70s. I-, I don't know. Who, I can't explain no, it. Who doesn't want to see a turtle and a bird hang out? Also, in nature, you have some birds that perch on the backs of larger aquatic mammals and amphibians. But I do enjoy the fact that all of the animals warn everyone else about Big Paw, even though it's classic alarmist behavior where it, it's a game of telephone and they're all telling everyone that terrifying Big Paw is coming. And then we go to a scene that seems to fit with the first message, which is like, don't be greedy, which is Ma Bear sings about thankfulness and yeah. everything that they have. I felt Ma Bear's voice was completely wrong, I guess. And maybe this is just my idea of what I thought the character would sound like. Yeah. Because I, she's got a very beautiful voice and a great singing voice. And I just didn't feel like that was fitting of the character. Oh, see, I, you know what it what? is? Like, I think... First of all, I don't like how much you hate on Ma Bear. I don't. Uh, she's yeah, the matriarch wh- of the family. She's allowed to be comfortable and have a beautiful singing voice. Okay. I hate them all. So what the hell do you expect from? What did you want her to have like a Phyllis Diller type singing yes. voice or something? Yes, I did. I wanted a character voice. He wants her to be a shrew. He wants her to be a shrew, yeah. Ray. I don't want her to be an operatic soprano. I guess it just it sounded weird to me. Chan, do you have a little clip of Mama Bear singing? It's just it's a it musical was for me. God's sakes. Why would you have <laughs> bad singers in a musical? There's five songs all in the last 10 minutes of he it. He wanted her to be singing thankfulness. Oh my God. I hate men so much. Oh, oh I would love that. I would Are you thinking of, of fucking all in the family? <laughs> of, you know, I'm thinking of B. Arthur in the Star Wars holiday special singing from behind the bar at the cantina. We're thankful for our meals each day for work to do time to play. No, I'm not having it. It's too good. I don't... I, 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 Ray I, hates I have women. No and he, Ray hates all women, even when they're cartoon bears. How dare you? This How is just a you? real weird, real weird misogynist thing that just happened here, and I don't understand it. <laughs> I don't even understand what you're talking about. Why is wanting characters to be character-y a misogynist thing? I wish pa- pa- uh, Parable wasn't a grinning idiot, too. No, you're explaining an offensive, offensive woman trope. You want her to be the shrew because Pa Bear is the oak. You said you wanted her to be a shrew. I didn't want her to be a shrew. I just wanted her to have a little bit more character just and not just be this pristine what have you. I just I would like, I don't know. There. All I know is you've made fun of her dressing gown. Her dressing is terrible. Sorry. And now nobody you, dresses good on this show. Though. You hate the fact that she has a lovely voice. Here's what's going to happen. Ray's going to go to like Sweeney Todd and be like, I don't understand. Why are these people singing nice when they're clearly monsters who eat human beings? <laughs> you know, I've been in Sweeney Todd and I had that same complaint. Yes, sir. <laughs> go to Hamilton and like, uh, that guy's a politician. Why is he singing like that? 
I don't understand. He's supposed to be the father of our nation and he has a good voice. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. You know what it is? Ray only wants to hear women when they're experiencing pain in childbirth. So he wanted her, <laughs> what is happening right he wanted her singing to sound more like shrieks from childbirth. Yeah. This, this, this sounds about <laughs> what right. Is, what is happening on this episode of the I mean, show? you brought it up, Ray. I don't know. I don't know why you're back at all. I now. just said, I think, you know, because here's the deal. This is the first I've, I've watched the Baron's dying Bears cartoon ever. I've never watched a cartoon of theirs before, at least that I have any recollection of at all. And I read these books crazy. So in my own mind, I had an idea of what people did, sounded like, acted like, what have you. So when I see it now, many, 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 many years later, and it's completely different than the idea that I had in my head of what these characters should be, it is, it is uncomfortable. That is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I admit that the vo- that the voice acting wasn't what I expected, and it's because I had the tape tape recorder tapes of the books in my mind, which for some reason are not the same as the... Also, these voice actors are odd. What do you mean by odd? It sounds like if you asked your Mormon neighbor to <laughs> record herself reading a book, as opposed to a professional voiceover artist that's voicing cartoon bears... That was my impression, but, you know, maybe that's because it was 1980. (laughs) It's real churchy. It comes across a lot like a Catholic mass. It really does. Yeah, yeah. And maybe that's why the singing bothered me, too. (laughs) Yeah, I think the whole idea is just that there are the friendliest, kindest, most uh, 50s nuclear family vibe you can get but they're bears. And so there's that juxtaposition there. So like, but they also hoard from their neighbors and want to murder people with torches and pitchforks. I said the 50s. Uh, Look, only people they think are also murderers. I mean, you know, yeah. Again, he just had Skittles in his pocket, Gina. G.I. Joe will return after these messages. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yep, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now, but I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Hey, this is Keith. Or some actor playing Keith, I'm not really sure anymore. But um, we're coming to the end, the end of my Los Angeles con spree. But before I leave, I have some scores to set and discover a couple truths to be revealed. It's all going to come down to the season finale of Rideshare Episode X. It's going to drop on December 3rd. Now, until then, I want you to catch up by binge listening the first season. And I suggest that you do exactly as I say. Or you're going to miss all the fun. 
it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. The Loch Ness Monster. No. The Six Musketeers. No. Oh, the McDonald's Chicken McNuggets Happy Meal with regular fries and soft drink. Oh, how'd you know? Just a lucky guess. Now everybody can act out stories where they buy a Berenstain Bears Happy Meal. They get one of four Berenstain Bears in a box that's a Bear Village building. You're not making that up, are you, Papa? No. The Berenstain Bears, a different one each week at McDonald's. Now, back to G.I. Joe. But here's the thing. So we get to a part where, and I thought this was a perfect place to take the story, which basically is Pa has gathered his crap for the Thanksgiving feast. And then the little kids are like, oh, you know what dad really loves is nuts. So let's go into the scary forest and get dad some nuts. And so I instantly thought, okay, they're now being selfless. Yes. So Big Paw will basically come down to the town, is about to destroy it. And then these kids show up and they're like, we just spent two hours. You know, our fingers are all bloody from picking nuts. Here's here's your gift. And then Big Paw is going to be like, I'm sparing the town because of the children. But again, it doesn't really come into play. But we get the first hint that Big Paw isn't the monster that he says he is because the kids are falling from a tree and he catches them and puts them gently down. Right. And then he eats the mixed nuts. I'll point that out as well. He, he only eats, eats all of a them. couple. They only had gathered a couple. He ate every single one that they had gathered. But also he changes in size vastly throughout this episode because yes, he, he, does. he very easily fits the two bear children in his paw and they look like ants in his paw. Like they look very, very small. And then later he just looks like he's twice the size of their dad. Yeah. And, you know, like a, a 12 foot tall man couldn't hold me and my brother in his hand. That's insane. So he changes. Um, okay. No, I, I'm still with you, Gene. I'm still with you. Keep going. But also I want to point something out here because again, spoiler alert in the end, it turns out big paws and the monster everyone thought he was, but he is the only bear that is completely naked and playing in the <laughs> woods with little kids. So is he a monster and should they have killed him? Well, that's up to the audience to decide, I believe. Okay. So let's just go ahead and leap towards the end here because Big Paw's coming. The animals have delightfully, and that was the best part of the whole thing is the animals playing charades, Gina. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Of the hedgehog having to spell out that Big Paw's coming. Yeah, that hedgehog is so cute. He's adorable. He's doing semaphore, which is weird. But didn't he like shape his body like letters or something? Also that. So it's like uh, redundant. Uh, unnecessarily so. I like the idea that he practiced. This is finally his time to use his semaphore code training. He gets to the moment to use it, and the bears are like, I don't I don't understand the semaphore code. He's like, damn it. Thank God I also <laughs> went to contortionist school. I like that he's so concerned. I mean, he's a little hedgehog. He doesn't need to be concerned for yeah. this bear town, but he's so determined. I'm going to tell you right now, if the bears knew about Big Paw, they wouldn't be telling the hedgehog. I'm going to guarantee you that right now. That's true. Mm. They would be hoarding their pumpkins and... Mm-hmm. You know, is this another class commentary? Mm-hmm. I totally missed out on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And this shit is communist as fuck. 
So there's a fun bit where they kind of like Big Paw is at first you meet him. He's like gigantic and scary and da da da. Then he sings naked with a mandolin. You're like, all right, maybe he's he is scary. And yeah, then singing Wonderwall, which is weird. <laughs> I didn't realize something's out, but it was, he was he had his shirt off and he was in front of a campfire and, you know, like making googly eyes at the thin blonde girl in the drama class. I yep. mean, mm-hmm. I mean, we all been there. So he goes to a fun bit where he goes to Echoing Ledge. And uh, so his voice echoes and then the campfire he's in front of makes him look like 90 feet tall and everybody gets the wrong impression. So the neighborly people of Beartown or wherever the heck it is decide, hey, let's kill it. Let's get all of our best weapons together and go murder this person. Yep. Mm, I don't like that. I don't much care for that at all. I do not Uh, like torches in the pitchforks. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I guess, I guess like they're being told that a monster is on the way and blah, blah, blah. So it's not bad to be prepared, but I wish that they had taken a beat, maybe set the pitchforks down behind some chairs and then just said like, Hey, big paw, what are your intentions here? And if Thank he had you. said, I'm going to eat and kill you all, then they would have been like, ah, psych, we've got some weapons here. These bear country people definitely hear that there is a big paw caravan on the way. And they want to keep the Big Paw caravan out by building a giant wall. Thank goodness Trump stopped that caravan that never (laughs) existed. Um, We're so much better off for it. You know why it doesn't exist, Chan? Because Trump stopped it existing. Thank you. QAnon. Q for life. He kept your family safe. If they're not murdered now, that means he kept them safe. Thank you. But we glossed over the puns of the town. We got a quick image of Bear Town, whatever it's called. And there are some fun little signs there that I really enjoy. There was only one pun. The rest was moderately witty wordplay. I, I mean, you know, it all delights my brain. Yeah, I, I glazed over all of it. So, <laughs> uh, No, there's a restaurant called Bear and Grill, which I thought was clever for a show aimed at four and five-year-olds. Sure. Okay, fair, fair. I don't remember any of the others because I was too busy being delighted about Bear and Grill. Can we, I want to get back to this mob for a sec because there was a moment in this thing where they're gathering their weapons and their arms and getting ready to kill the monster. When Paw Bear, he's trying to pick out what weapon to use and what does he grab? A beehive. A beehive yeah, grenade. That's a terrifying weapon, dude. How do you safely carry a beehive grenade? Because if it's not attacking you because you're a bear, right? How are you going to use it against someone else who is no, also no, a bear? No, no, you throw it where you want it to go. Like, have you ever removed a beehive? You want to keep it intact as much as possible because the second it splits, that's when they're angry. So he's keeping it intact. He's going to throw it. The second it splits open, those bears are going to attack whatever they can get. Gina, how many beehives do you walk around with on a day-to-day basis? I mean, on an average day or like, am I going out? If it's just me, I have my staying in beehive. If I'm going out at night, then I usually need like an all-day beehive. And then I like to switch to my nighttime beehive. I mean, this all holds up. Yeah, no, here's the answer. I knew the answer to that question before I asked it, but (laughs) I appreciate you just coming straight with the audience. And bring all those skunk bombs and gimmicks and widgets. This guy makes King Kong look like singer's midgets. Ugh, that voice makes me want to punch him in the nose. Skunk bombs, gimmicks, and widgets. I don't like that they're using a skunk as a weapon. I don't like that they're using live things as weapons that might get hurt. But I guess in a town where all the animals are ready to commit suicide at the drop of a hat, for for your own pleasure, it makes sense. That's 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 a real churchy thing to think. That fish wanted to die so I could eat it. 
Yeah. Oh, right. I just, I was like, what? A, midgets is not a word that we use anymore, but singers midgets, I was like, what the hell is that? That's. Was that just like... I thought he said widgets. No, he, he says gimmicks and widgets. It makes King Kong look like singers midgets. Oh. And I just looked it I up. I missed that. It was the troop of performers who portrayed the munchkins in The Wizard of Oz. Oh. So... Appropriate oh, that. It's, it's, wow. it's a proper noun. Good, good ref. A, that's a good ref. That's very specific. Yeah. It's very weird. Well, we get to the end part here where basically they're climbing the hill to kill him. And then Big Paw creates a giant tower of boulders. He's just going to push over them and murder everybody. And I'm like, that's cool. Mutually yeah. assured destruction. Can I just say that the only reasonable one is the character that Ray hates the most for not being shrewish enough like real <laughs> women are. Uh, mm-hmm. But Ma is reasonable. and She tries to sort of sing everyone. Papa Bear is the one that sucks. Yes. He sucks. He Sucks. His full suckitude is on display right here. This is which is I- why we were very confused when you were so gleefully yeah, embracing weird. Papa Bear as your look. Look, early in the episode when he's just focused on food and holidays, I mm-hmm. like him. Later on, uh-huh. when he's on a murderous rampage with a bee grenade for no reason, Gina, that's when he lost me. Gina, you just explained to me why I still have right wing friends on Facebook. <laughs> Yeah, they're yeah. just you talking like- about food. They're delightful. <laughs> and then the racism starts kicking in. Yeah, but that's when I bailed. That's when I wrote in my notes, Papa Bear sucks. I just You had- like that you like that Papa Bear is a businessman Thank and you. you're willing to overlook all of the rest of his flaws because He's going to make your 401k better. Look, he can kill as many things and beings as he wants. I just Mm -hmm. think he seems like a guy, a bear I want to get a beer with. Thank you. Dang, we got to throw all the way back to W, huh? (laughs) Okay, I'm into it. So I'm on board. the children end up saying, no, everybody stop. The townspeople, sure, you're xenophobic and racist, but you're decent people who do hoard from others. Big Paw, you're a monster, yeah, but you're okay. You got a mandolin. You sing naked in the woods. Both of you can coexist. And so there's a moment where the, the boulder tower is about to fall over and murder everybody, starting with the children, which is weird because the children were not in the path of the boulder tower. I thought that was a weird piece of storytelling. No, they were. They were underneath They were there. right underneath it. I think it would have skipped right past them. I'm telling yeah, you right I now. mean, the, the way it was drawn, it did look like, oh, they're safely tucked they're safe under. There. But you don't know. You don't know what hap- what's going to happen. Shit's going to go down. So then we have a big song about being friends. And then I wrote at the end here. So everybody's cool. Everybody's friends. And then I just wrote literally nothing was learned. I don't remember how this ended. It, did it just sort of peter out? Yeah. That's how I remember it. All I have is that it ends in a song. That's all I have. Yeah. I just put Papa Bear sucks. Yep. And then I don't have anything after that. Nothing learned. He saves the kids and everyone's like, oh, well, great. And then he saved us from ourselves. Like, literally, that's what they're Yeah. Saying. He saved us from ourselves. Big Paw. And then they just go straight into a Thanksgiving dinner where Big Paw has a hedgehog come out of his ear like the worms of Tau Seti 4 from <laughs> Star Trek 2, <II, laughs> and oh, it creeped crap. me the fuck out. That was, that's so, terrifying and real. 
Yeah. There was that. When he's like by himself with his mandolin, they draw him real stoned and sleepy looking. So it makes sense that it ends in a feast because this naked weirdo with a mandolin has probably had the munchies for several hours. Yeah. Do you not remember when you were a kid, they were called the Baron Stoned Bears? <laughs> now we're going to be the Baron Stein, which is weird because I remember it as Baron Stone. I can't. These messages are all over the place. They seem religious. They seem communist. They seem like they're in favor of weed, but that they also seem weirdly like they're saying be a Mormon. I don't know what's going on. I love it. And that's our show, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> be a Mormon. That's our lesson. Uh, <laughs> don't be one of these Catholic bears. Be a Mormon bear. Spread the, <laughs> spread the good word. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This is the Baron's Stain bears. Berenstein bears. It hurts. It hurts. <laughs> Jesus, Chan. That was terrible. I'm mad at you. <laughs> uh, do you guys have anything you want to plug before we get out of here today? Oh, no. Before we do any of that, let's let's talk about another aspect of this show. It's the theme song throwdown. We are here with a very special guest, co-host of Full Metal Analysts. It is Michelle Lachand. Hi. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We need some impartial judges. Everybody already knows what we think of these songs. So uh, let us bring in some experts from another realm. What is your podcast? My podcast is Full Metal Analysts. It is a recap podcast. We're doing the Japanese anime Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. It's available on Netflix and HBO Max. You can find it pretty much anywhere. It's a fantastic show about magic alchemy and the sins that we commit and trying to be human again. And every once in a while, they make a funny joke about how one of the characters is short. So (laughs) that's the best way to describe it. And every episode of the podcast, we try to be analytical and try to like criticize it and uh, not criticize it like negatively critique like yeah critique we're writers we like to dig into the storytelling but we also like to make cool jokes every now and then and if you have never watched the show it's a fun time because one of the hosts has also never watched the show and he's watching it for the first time but if you have already watched it maybe we can provide a, a different perspective on the anime for you a cartoon recap podcast you say yes what a dumb idea this is actually very interesting that she, that I'm here to judge cartoon theme songs because if you listen to the podcast, I am a notorious – I am the only hater of anime openings. Everyone whoever comes to the podcast loves anime openings. I hate <laughs> anime openings. I think they're so overwrought and they are not representative of what the show actually is. And I actually have a similar problem with cartoon openings. So I want to see these two, Ooh. you know. I want to see what they give me and I want to <laughs> judge them. This will be amazing. So you're you're actually going to watch them. So you're normally people just have to hear them, and most people like have some vague recollection of these from their childhood. But you've never seen either of these. I have never uh, seen either of these two shows. They're both from the mid to late '80s, I want to say. So it's a very specific moment in time. And yeah, yeah, I want to see how how this is going to go. So let's start off with Silverhawks. Oh, there's a giant hawk. Oh, I thought Silverhawks was like metaphorical. It's oh, no. actual oh, no. Silverhawk. <laughs> what the? Yeah. Oh, what? Yeah, that's a metal crotch. Yeah. 
Oh, he's got to get top. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. He's got a cowboy hat in space, which are two things I adore. <laughs> bowl. Huh. Man, this little kid uh, kid is freaking me out. Like, what is this deal? <laughs> he does not look normal. Uh, that is that's pretty standard for the time. Yeah. It's amazing how little I know about the show after watching that. <laughs> like, if you asked me to describe it, I'd be like, is these people in space? But I don't know what, who they are, what they're doing, who they're fighting. I do have to say, that looks better than most 80s cartoons but then again that is the intro curse there's real solid animation the show itself is pretty good it is kind of dated and yeah it's a little weird like the western elements or western elements in space they clash a little bit but in general the show is not too bad hmm. i'm interested uh, do i give my my score do i give a one to ten score on the theme song oh well, no it's just straight up one or the other so okay, uh, okay. but for you do you want your intro to explain things for you or do you mind if it's just like inspire you to watch more or like what do you want out of a cartoon theme song? i think yeah you're right there is, there are two kinds of intros there are the hype intros and there are the explaining the show intros and i think the problem with most shows is that they go for the explaining the show intro and that the thing is if you're not watching the show in the every week you tune in and you watch the show at a predetermined time if you're not doing it that way, those intros get boring fast. Like, I love Avatar The Last Airbender. I adore it. But God, I skipped the <laughs> shit out of that intro. Because by the fifth time, I don't want to hear about how she believes Aang can save the world, you know? I'm yeah. like, I get it. I get it. You don't have to tell me. That being said, <laughs> I also never skipped the opening to Clone High. Because that is a total hype intro that also explains the show in a really fun way. So I like it when they can go for that balance, you know, when they explain the show, but they also try to be a little bit hype. I think Rick and Morty is a really good example of a recent one of that. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really explain the show, but it's more of a hype thing. Gravity Falls is a hype thing. Uh, I, I like it when it hypes me up. Like Silverhawks, honestly, you don't need to know much more than this. They're good guys in space. And halfway through, like they show you the bad guys. There's like a, a space asshole that they were going into and, you know. Anything more than that is really kind of redundant. So, you know, know that you're not missing much. <laughs> yeah, any other thoughts about this? I think the Hawk synth. Is that synth? Should we call it synth? Is that what the, the genre is? The Hawk cry? Nope, that did not work for me. <laughs> the guitar solo, though, was fun. When yeah. the guy just goes in his guitar and it's literally... I love how they were like, what do we put in this cool guitar solo? I don't know. Just put him playing the guitar. Like that's. <laughs> like we, we don't well, what know do what you need. He's a he's a metal bird man in space. What you what you want more than that? Come on. I love how he's wearing a bandana around his neck and the cowboy head. <laughs> really got to drive it home. Yeah, there's there's a lot of guitar solos in '80s cartoon theme songs, and I mean, really, there are so many in anime today. I think as a direct result of that, like. Yeah. There's so many very 80s sounding theme songs. Pokemon is a prime example. It's the fucking best, but also it feels like 80s glam, just the crappiest hair metal bullshit. 
Why don't you uh, pull up that second one there? This yeah. is the theme song to Mask Mobile Armored Strike Command with a K. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I'm liking this. <laughs> They're wearing indeed masks. Oh, wow. I like this. <laughs> oh, it's one of those list songs. I love that. <laughs> so it's like Transformers, but not? Yeah. Yes. Um... There were the vehicles that transformed into other vehicles, uh, and then uh, people with masks on that gave them special powers. So, oh. like so in it's terms a hat of, on top of a hat. Oh, absolutely. It's um, a double this, th- this was one of those things where they started with the toys and then reverse engineered a cartoon out of it. And I tell you what, it fucking worked on me. I <laughs> love these toys. You know what? I got to tell you something. Looking at it right now, they look cool. And I'm already... I don't know if you want me to hold off of my verdict. I oh, think it's going to be a clear winner for me. Okay. Okay. Tell me what it is and why. So let me break it down. I am a sucker for list songs. Songs <laughs> that list out the characters. Like, he does this and she does that. And they do this other thing. I love those songs. I absolutely love them. But just in a general sense, I feel like the mask composition worked better than Silverhawk's composition. The Silverhawk's okay. one, I was thinking, I like the electric guitar, but the rest I didn't really like. Whereas here, I was like, you know what? I can get into this beat. I can get into this groove. It's it's fun. All right. Well, fair enough then. Clear cut winner. Mask moves on in the tournament. Thank you very much, Michelle. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you online looking for you? Thank you so much for having me. This was in <laughs> this was such a fun little thing to do. You we can bring find, you back, hell man. Yeah, we'll please. See. I would love to judge more of these because there's one thing I adore about old cartoon intros is that I always scroll down to read the comments and I see these people being like, ah, I wish I was a kid in the eighties. And I'm always like, no, you don't. <laughs> you don't you say that. Do <laughs> so you can find me on Twitter and I'm at Michelle Deshaun, so that's M-I-C-H-E-L-L-I-C-H-A-N as in Navy D. That's me on Twitter. And you can also find Full Metal Analysts, the, my podcast. You can find it anywhere on the internet, on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, we're everywhere. Just look for Full Metal Analysts and you'll find us. We release episodes every Wednesday and we're right in the middle of the second season of the show, second season in quotes. So if you want to jump on board, this is a really good time to do it. Get into it. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Hey, we've talked about another aspect of this show. Chan, what an amazing round two theme song throwdown. It was indeed, and it's only going to get crazier. They're crazy. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's The final round is just going to be, yeah, I don't, I don't even know. There's so many upsets. It's crazy. Too many. It's it's. It, we're having a good time with it, and that, and we're involving the listeners, and that always makes me happy and appreciated. Yeah. Uh, anything you guys want to plug? Unicorn season two or Thursdays at nine thirty. Love it. Or whenever you want on CBS.com for free. Thank you. Let's get real. You're watching it streaming. Let's do it. Yeah. Even I. Even I'm watching it streaming. In between episodes of Voyager, maybe we'll slide some of the unicorn in there. 
Slide some unicorn in there. Our podcast, AE Doubleback, had somebody uh, hold up a sign from our show. What? Oh, they they went to the uh, went to Daly's place and uh, had an AE Doubleback sign. So I'm super excited about that. Wow, is that yeah. somebody you guys knew, or is that no. just kind of a rando? Yeah. Wow, that's exciting. Yeah. So we're big time now. I love it. Here's the deal. I'm in. Find it. us at AE Doubleback wherever you find things. Lost and found. Is that where you find things? Yeah. I'll be honest. I, I, I've never been happier about anything. That's so exciting and fun. Wherever you find yourself, we'll be there. Oh, no. That's in podcast deep. form. That sounds deep and hard. Well, guys, uh, if you want to do more stuff with us, you can go to Facebook.com slash Knowing is Half the Podcast. Join our Facebook group. Or you can go to Patreon.com slash Knowing is Half the Podcast. Where for $5 a month, you can be part of the show, which is we, we had a couple of instances where people got involved in the show. You can also, at certain levels, suggest episodes for us to do on the show. And you have an entire volume of four to 500 back episodes of the show, many of which are not available on the main feed, which is all the G.I. Joe but not all the Know Your Joe. You see how I get you there? Guys, five bucks. Let's do this thing. Otherwise, you can hit us up on Twitter, at uh, Prez Serpentor, while he's still a thing. You could go to, uh, in 2016, alternate reality, Serpentor, the Cobra Emperor, was named and voted president of the United States, and his world is weirdly mirroring our own. Right now, um, Serpentor's denying there even was an election. Oh, that's, that's an interesting take. That's where his take is at right now, uh, which is very interesting. So, so we have that going for us. Uh, oh man, in <laughs> January is a, is the feed going to get replaced by General Hawk, <laughs> President Hawk? Well, they might have to. I honestly, uh, I'll have to talk to my friends over at Prez Serpentor. <laughs> no, okay. I feel like I feel like Prez Serpentor is going to pretend he is still the president until he dies. To be fair, Serpentor might run again four years from now. So That's who knows true. what's going on? That's true. Maybe I we mean, just maybe may- that account maybe, stays active. Maybe he'll be in jail. Maybe they can get him on all sorts of weird Cobra tax evasion things. Oh, that'd be great. I'd be, I, you know what? If, if we have to put Presser Pentor in jail, that'd be fine by me. I mean, he can still tweet from jail and he will. And yeah. he will. He'll have a lot of hotter opinions, mostly about prison food, but uh, he'll work on his tight five. But <laughs> otherwise, you can visit my Twitter at G.I. Joe Podcast or individually. I am at Almighty Ray. At 999 RPMs. I'm at Gina Ippy. And that's our show. I hope you enjoyed the Baron Stain Bears. It hurts. I have to make it. I have to make myself say it every single time. It's, it's upsetting. Stain. Stein. Stoned. <laughs> Good night, everybody. The Bernstein Bears. When things go wrong, <laughs> things might do. The Bernstein Bears will find a way through. Mama, Papa, sister, and brother. <laughs> You'll always be there for each other. Hello, dear listeners. Do you enjoy playing video games with your best friends? Then I have the pod for you. I'm Philip, host of The Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. Each week, my co-host Nave and I break down a cooperative experience in gaming. And we are always looking for new co-op partners to join us. So come play with us on The Gaming Together podcast. So I'm standing over this toilet taking a piss and I'm playing my Pokemon and I dropped it in the toilet. I remember the Game Boy just tumbling in the water. And I remember screaming for my mom.
trying to get this game boy Wait, how old are you? And she yelled at me. She yelled at me. Oh my just, god. Like, traumatized. I was like, no, my, my Pokemon. That's Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. Come on down, co-op partners. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now, but I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR.